how his country needs him here. Cristiano Ronaldo, yes! Oh, yes! Nani. Rooney! Oh, wonderful! What a goal! And what a time! In what a place! What a play! Wayne Rooney out of this world! Comes out to Essien! Oh, my goodness. What an unbelievable strike. Full-time whistle! It's glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur! What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Pace and Power podcast. I'm your host, Ed Dowling. With me today, we've got a reduced team. Pat is out doing his dissertation. I'm not going to make up a funny disease for him to have this week. He's just, you know, doing better things, basically. But people I have with me today... We've got Temi in the top left. How's it going? Hello. Dixon in the bottom left. What's happening? Howdy. And Hammerson, bottom right. What's going on? Bonjour. Bonjour, indeed. And today we will be talking about the roundup from the week, the weekend, Champions League stuff, Premier League stuff. But really the most important thing I think we'll be talking about today is the Manchester United incident, if we could, uh, if we could put it like that. So let's get right into it. Let's. I think we start with. Let's start with the other games. The team. The games actually did go ahead. And let's start with Champions League. Let's kick things off with the Champions League. Chelsea versus Real Madrid. Ooh, Hamson, your thoughts, please. Straight in there with the big one. Um, I mean, yeah, I was pretty happy. Not gonna lie, I was a bit pissed off. We only came with a draw, to be honest. I mean, first half we really were really were all over them. It was just that Ben's absolute bit of quality that you just can't start. That's the problem play around. They weren't that good. First first half, we really should have probably scored two or three. But Ben's Ben's came up with a with a absolute screamer. They had no right scoring. And then um yeah, and then couldn't couldn't get the second, which was a shame. But I mean I'll I'll take one all technically we're ahead because of the away goal, so could be worse. Mm. I'm like I'm pretty confident. I'll say fifty-five, sixty percent sure we'll go through. Obviously, it's not a given, but yeah. I, I think we we could get it done, which would be amazing. That, that does feel shit. like quite a high level of it certainty. strikes us overconfident. He strikes us very confident. I mean, I know Varane is out and Marcelo is out for the stupidest possible out. reason Marcelo I've ever seen. Out. Still out. Valverde is still out. They have such a weak team. The only thing they have going for them right now is maybe Ramos is back. Actually, for, any, like three for anyone who doesn't know, the reason that Marcelo, Real Madrid's left back, is not going to be playing in the next leg is that he has been randomly selected to run a polling station in the Madrid so local funny. elections. The most comical reason I've ever heard to not be <laughs> such a BS. It's such BS. It's like he's been called on fucking jury duty or something. <laughs> I, I, I think they're going to get it overturned, though, so he might get away with it and be able to play. You think? It'd be AIDS if he couldn't, though. <laughs> so, Audrey Zola is their fucking right back. Like, if ever there's Ooh. a time to, to beat Madrid, it is smelly, right? Yeah, if ever there's a time to beat Madrid, it's this week. Like, That's what I was saying. Like, there's never been a time remove... not to get beat by Chelsea it's <laughs> this season. <laughs> if you remove, Forever. like, the, the badge and you say, if you put that Real Madrid team you say that's like Valencia's team. We wouldn't be talking about che- the, the prospect of Chelsea going out. I think it's literally because of the heritage is the only thing keeping Real Madrid alive. I think right now. But I think that is too important to to completely have in mind, which is why they I think they still have they still have Modric, Kroos, Ramos back mm. would be huge. Like you can't write off those those guys are legends of the game. Like you can't write off these guys. Not just that they're legends, though. These guys have pedigrees, done it season on season, on season, on season. And they know how to get through, through a knockout winners. tie. Zidane knows how to get through a knockout tie. So, um, while I actually think Chelsea will go through as well, I would also say that I've st- it's something that I've started to notice a lot with um, with these double-leg European ties of away goals, where a team will draw one all, like has just happened, and it'll be like, oh, we're ahead on away goals. But then... I wouldn't really look at it like that because yeah. you only scored one, one away. It's, and it's the other team, almost negligible. 
it, it, it could almost count against you in that, in that, okay, we only got one away goal. That I've could get two people, or three. I've like, seen people saying this because now, like, obviously, Real have to score to go through. But I've seen people say, oh, it's tricky for Tuchel because he could go in with the mindset of we get a nil-nil, we're through. Or we have to go for it and score a couple if they score. So it's a it's a it's a bit of a like. If you go into a Champions League semi final looking for a nil nil draw, you are a terrorist of the game and you don't deserve <laughs> to go through. <laughs> or Simeone as well, actually. Um, he, right. Yeah, he would do that. Do you have a prediction for next week? Then Hampson, what do you think is going to happen? I'm going to say two one. Chelsea. I'm going to say I'm going to say two one. So you're saying you're going to the Champions League final. Okay. Um, I, tell me. I hope so. <laughs> tell me what you're saying. My prediction, I think, I think, oh God, I think it's a it's a one-all draw on the night. I think it's extra time. Oh, no, don't. I, I agree. To do that I, agree. I do not it to go to extra time. I will be sweating. <laughs> mm. Dixon? I like the idea of it going... Going one all in an extra time. Hmm. That's quite, you know, I'm licking my lips at that. It? It's tantalizing. That nice. <laughs> yeah. That's but nice. I, I just think, I just think Madrid, even no, if they not. don't have the team on paper, I think they just got the pedigree to do it. Mm. I think the longer it goes on, uh, the higher Real's chances go, to be honest. If you get the penalty, See, you're done. I'm going to say the opposite. I think the longer it goes on, the more of a chance we have because it's five subs and we have far more quality on the bench because they're missing yeah, so many. I was going to say as well, the, de- the depth will help Chelsea out here. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I think big time. time. Obviously, they'll have Hazard back and probably starting. He was good at the weekend, so that's a pretty big pretty big one for them because he'll want to prove a point having been shite for oh, three years there. But, if, Hamza, if Hazard knocks you out, that is... Ooh, ooh, ooh. I, that's that's I some Spurs BS right there. That's the only way to put it. I will. Hazard, <laughs> Hazard hat-trick. <laughs> Maybe we should declare banter free on just pure hazard eventualities, just because otherwise you're going to get absolute shreds. Um, I probably will need to, if, if it gets to like half time and it's one all or something like first leg, I will need to call, call a banter free because I will be just <laughs> biting my nail until there's no. Um, <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like banter free until you're losing. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, even, I don't even call banner free on a draw. Yeah, by the time we're losing, I will already be depressed. So, yeah, and then you don't need it. <laughs> yeah, this just is true. For, just for clarity, listeners, a banter free zone is something we declare in our group chat when times are really, really tough, and you feel the mockery <laughs> is going too far. Um, for example, I declared one on the League Cup final. It, nothing even happened yet. I just declared it because I knew it was preventative. <laughs> And Hampton, you, you of course are entitled to use that if you will, but you, know, you only get so yeah, many I chances. I don't, I, don't think I've, I don't think I've had to. Oh, no, I have called one man to free zone. It was Leicester. Leicester when we lost. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the only, the only man to free I've ever called. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shall we, let's finish off the Champions League. Let's talk about Man City versus PSG as well. I thought I was that was. Just a, gonna, before yeah. we do progress to City, also shout out to, to Chelsea ladies. First, first Champions yeah. League final. What a did I don't know if you man watched the game yesterday, but what a game that was! Four, Mate, that, four one against Bayern. What a game it was beautiful. When you said shout out Chelsea ladies, I thought you were like putting yourself <laughs> out there. <laughs> like, shout, the West shout London out to area. Chelsea ladies. I'm hey, single. Chelsea I'm ready ladies, to mingle. It's great because their their manager, it she really makes me like not want to hate Chelsea as much as I do. I I just love Emma Hayes. She's I think she is the best in the business. Oh, she's the best manager in the sport. I don't I don't give a shit about gender. Uh, I think I think probably for a team talk as well because you can see really how it translates. If I needed to get up for a for a Champions League semi final, again regardless of gender, I, I would want her to to get me up for it because Jesus Christ she, she she is she is top dog like she she will be bossing it in the men's game soon yeah, she, before, before, before we know it she was linked with a uh, league like one or two job wasn't she yeah, she was like why would I why would I do that <laughs> it was funny though that was like only a couple of months ago and I was like I remember saying when when Pat said something about uh 
coming into the men's game. I was like, nah, she won't until Chelsea win the Champions League. And that could well be this season. So, yeah, Men, men's and women's, to be fair. Okay, let's move, let's move on to. God, I would go. Well, let's hope you don't go like that because that was a horrible noise. Yeah, hey, you wouldn't be able to shut me up. We just don't want to listen. <laughs> we declare a Hamilton free zone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on to Manchester City versus PSG. Um, a game of two halves, if you ever could call it that, if I'm to be quite honest. I think first half, PSG, mm, beautiful stuff, beautiful football. Neymar, vibes. And not just vibes, he was just show. you just, you know, you, you saw how he was playing. Doing Unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. And then football, it's like, uh, that was like football as we remember it. And then second half was like football as it is now. Cross BS. Kevin De Bruyne spamming crosses into the box. Somehow it goes in. Fair play. I mean, Man City really did turn it around. You have to give them credit. If I was a Man City fan, I'd be buzzing. But like, I just felt like it was like football dying a little bit. Football lost that second half, personally. The only reason I think it did, because as much as I hate watching Pep's robotic, I'm sorry, whoever thinks it's beautiful, they're wrong, it's robotic. The only reason I felt that for is because I felt like basics lost. I, I just look at that. I look at that wall and I sound like a proper football man for that wall for that for that Morris free kick. I'm like, that is the why why would you have a wall if you can just sort of kick it straight and beat the keeper without having to go up and over or round or even underneath? It was just it's just bullshit. I, I was fuming about that because the rest of the game had been at such a high level, but when basics disappear, you see what happens. Yeah, I was I to be honest, I was frustrated at both the city goals because the one that kind of just bounced in off De Bruyne, I was like, oh. They, they were, that doesn't deserve to be a, a Champions set. League goal. <laughs> it just it, it's got no place in the competition. That's the weird thing. I thought, like, I was saying to people I was watching it with, like, <laughs> Burnley don't concede those two goals that they, that no, they PSG conceded. Sean Dyche would be furious if those were going in. And that's that's what I mean about basics going because, as you say, Burnley do not concede those goals. I, I'm sorry, as 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 well as you've played and as rich as you are. You have to know that, that those are unacceptable goals to concede in the, in the Champions League semi-final, especially because of how well you played first half. Mm. Um, so yeah, if I'm if I'm Poch, I am. Oh, I'm kicking things. I felt really sorry for him. To be fair, I feel like the game. I mean, Pep did switch it up, and fair play to him. Like he should, he did change the game at half time. But like you look at the three key negative incidents for PSG in the second half, it was all just player idiocy. Really, it wasn't as a yeah. result of a plan like Idrissa Gay what what was that challenge in a Champions League semi-finals oh, it? it's like Sunday League well, that's the thing though I think with PSG compare them to City City have two first 11s of pure undeniable quality PSG don't have that they have two superstars up front they have a couple of half decent strikers Verratti and Paredes were fantastic in that game and then a couple of good centre-backs, Marquinhos and a good keeper in Navas. But, mm. like, the full-backs, Idrissa Gay, like, they're just sort of fill-ins. They're obviously not world-class players. I, like, feel like, I think that's a little bit harsh from Gay. I thought he had an excellent first half. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, an excellent first half, say, but that he's, he's not Champions League semi-final quality, no, though, is I he? I think so. No one, none of the big six looked at him when they were when he was at Everton and were like, "Oh, let's have him. He's amazing." He's yeah. amazing. He's you say that, but like, I mean, the like Champions League winners last year, Bayern Munich. They're I can't even I can't even remember the guy's name who they had playing up top it, against PSG because they've got no depth. Yeah, two promoting. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> how can you have two promoting as your only other striker? Exactly. I think PSG have Moise Keane as their only other striker, and he he couldn't do it in the Premier League, and he, he's doing it in League One. And what this tells you is, is that when your when your league is so easy, sorry, League One, it is it's the Uber Eats League, and they're not even when top. It's so second. different. Yeah, exactly. They're not even top of it. But when it's so different to the standards that you're going to be playing in the Champions League, it's really really hard to get the full squad you need because you can't see those gaps until it's too late. These these players that they have. These reserve players that they have, these people that you say are fillers, are perfectly adequate. Like, absolutely fine to be playing in League Art. This is the thing, though. Like, that PSG second 11, I don't think that team could compete for League on. Whereas 
the Man City's second eleven, I reckon, could compete for the Barclays, and that is such that is drastic. Yeah, but I, I, I think that's more telling of City than anyone else. Like, I don't think there's another Prem team whose second team yeah, could yeah, compete. Yeah. As you've oh, seen, another team. team can't do can't do shit in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Liverpool like missing like a couple key players have been dreadful. Yeah, like, let, let alone if they were playing like their whole second team. A couple is harsh. They've missed loads of key players. But <laughs> I basically couldn't call it. I reckon City are going to go through, to be honest. I think PSG are done out here. I think the two goal is too much. Mbappe looks injured. He doesn't look he's going to start or even play in the return leg. I just think City are just going to overwhelm them. Yeah, I think it needs some name or monster class for them to get through. I just don't see it happening. No. I think City just look a bit unstoppable at the moment. I I just don't see them getting beat. <laughs> Not even that they're unstoppable, but I think how you have to play, the way you have to set up to deal with it, I don't think PSG have have it. That's also true. Um, no. And so, yeah, as much as it pays me to say, I think I think City are going through, and I think they're going through with, with little problems. Exactly. Well, unless, they might... unless they pull off some monumental bottle job, which is also possible because City don't have that pedigree. I don't know. I feel like with every season, that likelihood gets lesser and lesser and less. I mean, they did they did bottle it last yeah. season and season before. But I don't know. I mean, if, you, if you're looking at patterns and trends, it would make sense for them to bottle this game as well in terms because every time it's getting a little bit more difficult, they're getting a little bit further and then, oh, they still failed. And the next season, they'll yeah. lose in the final to like Shakhtar Dinesk or something. Provided <laughs> they don't get them in the group, which they obviously will. Um, okay. Let's move on to the Europa League. Let's start. Let's start with Arsenal. Let's start with Arsenal. Ed, I watched this game with much joy, jubilation, if you will. Uh, for the first 65 minutes, I was like, yeah, I actually liked football. This was great. And then it kind of turned on its head a little bit. Please, please give me your thoughts. I thought we were genuinely pathetic. I thought it was, I thought it was a shameful display. I think... I think the I think most shameful is just from Arteta. Like ugh, it's the biggest game yeah. of the season. Why are you playing a false nine, man? We played <laughs> with a false nine once before, and it was fucking dreadful. What are you doing? Like it just uh, it, the the lineup just didn't make sense, and then we just had no we had no clear plan from the get go. I think Valencia made us look like fucking amateurs. I don't think it helped that we played. I think (laughs) Villarreal. I don't even care. (laughs) In my head, it's Valencia. I don't know why. So maybe they're a bit better. Like, I'm sorry, Juan Foyth. Juan Juan Foyth was tearing us apart. A man (laughs) who was he just on loan or could he just could he not? He's on loan. They're going to exercise the option. Okay, but he was like the option's like twelve million. The guy. Well, either way, he's he's uh, he's had a season-ending injury, so. Advantage <laughs> Arsenal, <laughs> um, but yeah, like our midfield was, ugh, it was like Sabios Sabios with Hall of Shame performance. Sabios oh, yeah. has been playing against us all <laughs> season, but yeah, and then Jesus. just terrible. You know, our I think our back line. You could tell from the start things were going to go wrong because I don't think I've ever seen like a slower, less agile four players be pieced together as a defense, <laughs> like. Was it Mari and Holding as a centre-back? Player? It was Mari Holding and it was Xhaka, the least agile man in world football at left-back because we don't own a second left-back. Um, was it Chambers as well, right? Cham- yeah, and then Chambers on the right, who I think is, you know, I, I think I've called him our best right-back, but that doesn't make him, like, quick or anything. Well, good. Um I, I, to be fair, I think you have to give Vera some credit. Like I think the 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 two goals they did score were of quite high quality. Yeah. Um, especially the trigger Real's goal. I mean, I know I don't talk about Villarreal here in Arsenal. I, I don't um, know, to be fair, I think I think that was bad on the defenders as opposed it to was like they just didn't they didn't go anywhere near the ball. They just kept running back until he was in range of the goal and then and he really shot and scored. I wasn't watching the game. I wasn't watching any of these games. Um and my brother messaged me at half time and was like no, like 50 minutes. He's like, turn the Arsenal game on. And I was I was seeing, what was it? What's that right winger name? 
Jaquazi. The Nigerian. And he was like having the freedom of Estadio Saremaka, whatever the fuck the stadium's called. <laughs> and it was just cutting in, cutting out. And I thought Arsenal are gonna lose like five nil here. This is gonna be like this is gonna be the worst result in their like modern history. Two, two one like, is unbelievably flattering, yeah. by the way. I think it's I think the only reason we're to do that is because well, like Emery is a bottler himself. Like and Kapoor was on clown patrol as well, to be fair. Kapoor was on <laughs> I, no, I I can't remember the last time I saw something as funny as him getting a red card as he has stretched it <laughs> off the pitch for a foul that he has made. Well, but yeah, I think the only real the only good things that came out of our performance were sack like just things that Saka did, basically. Like winning the pen. Pen. You're all going to I tell me that it pens. wasn't a pen, and I don't care. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. It wasn't, but, but that's fine. Actually, no, da- no, Dow- no, Dowling will tell me it was a pen. But that is like. Nah, relax. That was Contact in the box. Complete penalty. dive, but, you know, obviously Kane does it, so I'll allow it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this one time I'll allow it. The main reason why I disagree with your point that you have to give Villarreal any credit, I actually don't think they deserve any. Chiquese <laughs> is not is he, like, he's not a good winger. I'm Nigerian. I will tell you now, Chiquese is so overrated. He's so overrated. Of course, he's gonna bad up Xhaka at left back. Yeah. If the ball runs my way, I'm on good form. I think I could bad up Xhaka at left back one two times, get across in. All he's got to do is drop a shoulder. He can't. If he goes one direction, he can't go the he's other. He's not going to change exactly. He can't change his direction at all. He's got the he's got the turning out. wheel of like a fucking eighteen wheeler. He'll have to like run to the end of the pitch and back. Exactly. <laughs> and then once you're two 0 up, and you're a man up as well, to 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 only win that type two one and concede the way yeah, goal. Prime bottling. That that I, is terrible. I have no idea how we're going into the second leg two one, but it, it like when when we went when we went two 0 down, I was like, well. We're, we're getting dumped out and then dumped finishing out. 2-1 I could not believe my eyes like that that becomes very winnable suddenly it does yeah. Yeah. I think now because of the absolute shit show that VRA had in the second half you are now favourites to go through which is which is ridiculous well, yeah half, we've also got Abamyang has come back from malaria which is always nice um, I think <laughs> I think Tierney is fit to play which means that we don't have to watch Xhaka but it does mean we can put him in midfield and not have to watch Ceballos, which is even worse. Well, you can't watch Ceballos either way, so... Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. Ceballos <laughs> <laughs> put in one of those like performances where you have to question his like morality as like, a man, as, like, as like, a person. <laughs> as, 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 a, as, a, as a working professional in any walk of life, you know, whatever, whatever you do, whether you are a plumber, you know, whether you work in an investment bank, whether if you go into a job and you perform that poorly... There has to be repercussions. Can we discuss this? Have have you guys, Ed, Tammy, have you ever had these these performances on your team where a player's presumably got a red and just been that awful that it's genuinely it burns in your mind and it stay it lingers Mm. there because the player's been that bad? Give us give us an example to compare. I normally like when I get pissed off my players. It's not because like even if I see some some application. I won't, I won't like call for their heads, but like with with Jabbar's, because it's such a lack of quality, like um, physicality, like, and I just mean like the basics needed to be a football player, not not a Europa League semi final football player, a football player. Doesn't seem to have though that that in terms of physicality at all. And then if he's not even trying, what's the point? But the what thing, the, the thing is, I was I was watching this genuine disaster class, but I was listening to one of the commentators talk about how they needed to get the ball to Zabios more because he was like really good at progressing it. <laughs> and I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, what what are you watching that you are capable of saying that with a straight face?" It's it's Jesus ridiculous. Christ. It really is. Jesus Christ. The yeah. the only performance I can I can compare it to, and this is saying something it sticks at the forefront of my mind, is Bakayoko a few seasons ago when he, he got a red in half an hour. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> we then lost four one to Watford. I've never seen such a bad midfield performance in my entire life. <laughs> No, it really those kind of performances really it's really accentuated when it happens to midfielders, isn't it? Because everything yeah. goes through them and everything goes wrong. I remember Harry Winks coming on this season in the FA Cup against Everton, where we got knocked out, 
and uh, uh, <laughs> I just yeah, I, I can't I can't speak like it's so bad. Um, getting passed around every pass out of play, or it literally was like if I was playing, for example. I, I think I'd cover more ground though, personally. You know, if I was given twenty minutes in the FA Cup, I you know I'd do a bit better than that. But Jesus Christ, um, I think Arsenal are somehow going to go through now. It's disgusting. Absolutely Crime. no right. I, I mean, I'm I, I can't. I'm still not sure, but I've got like a. I think I'm at fifty five percent. Will go through, which frankly is, I. It's shameful for the club. My prediction is exactly the same as it was last week when you asked me. Arsenal will go through with a late, with a late winner. It'll be, it'll be like a whole big crazy thing. There'll be celebrations. Every Arsenal fan forgetting the the pain and misery they've been through <laughs> the 180 minutes prior to it. Um, I personally look forward to it. I think Villarreal going through personally. I actually more think about it. I think Arsenal on the second leg at home are somehow always worse, and I think the bot the bottling meter goes up goes up a notch definitely. Um, I'm thinking Olympiacos couple seasons. Yeah, we did ago, lose to Olympiacos season. at home. To be fair, we, no, we lost we lost to Olympiacos at home this season in the second <laughs> leg. It's just that we beat them enough oh, in the God, first leg to oh. go through. I just think I just think this team is a lot. We haven't better. beat. I can't remember the last time we beat Olympiacos at home. And you think now, about this is in my memory. This is the complete opposite of European pedigree. European shame. <laughs> these results, yeah. my god, so <laughs> my god these results, these results are uh, oh, pants. I think, yeah, I think Vieira <laughs> will show their metal, their spirit. And I think you got, you got to, I know Emery's a, Emery's a meme and everything, but you've got to account for his record at this stage is so good. And he's beaten harder teams uh, than Arsenal before in this situation. So I reckon. Well, he beat he beat Dynamo Zagreb just last round. Yeah, I mean Jesus. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, still, still getting on that one, are we? Okay, uh, Dixon. What do you think is going to happen in this one? Do you know what? I I, I think it could go to extra time. I don't see us beating them more than two one in normal time, and I think we will concede. <laughs> you will concede, I think. We yeah, I don't see us not conceding. So I think we might score like a, a hundred and. 13th minute winner 3 1. Hamilton, last but not least. I reckon it's going to be 3 1 as well. Yeah. I the, lowest, the, the lowest barrier with which we could progress through. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you go through on 1 0. Yeah, okay, yeah, I guess. But we're not going to keep a clean sheet. <laughs> Arsenal can't keep a clean sheet. If I had to predict, I think it like Villarreal will start in the same way they did before, and I think they'll start brightly. They'll score one goal, and Arsenal will be like, "Oh Jesus Christ, it's happening again!" You'll get some BS, like you know, Aubameyang might score his like second goal of the season or whatever it is, and you might be back in it into the final. I don't know, but anyway, no one caught my little bait there. Ed, they're not biting on that. <laughs> no, I know he's having a bad season. He's got like I mean, he's a horrible season. Still had fucking malaria. Yeah. Jesus Christ, can't get worse than that. Okay. Yeah, about right. to get stretched off because he's aggravated his malaria. <laughs> <laughs> aggravated his malaria. In yeah. the Villarreal game, he actually, uh, what he said was, sometimes we start with three strikers and don't score any goals. So I thought I'd do this. That was it. That was all he had to say. I saw that. I saw a lot of fans seized on that. And to be honest, rightly so. Um, <laughs> if, as far as Arsenal fans stupid be, thing to say if you go out of this I think if he doesn't win minimum win the Europa League he has to be set has to if Arsenal are any kind of ambitious club to be competing on the top level but we're not has to be has to be set has to be we're not um, ambitious enough I think he stays wherever I think we think? could drop to the. I think we could drop to bottom half and they'd keep him but what there's no excuse there's no excuse I mean, no, there's, yeah, no okay. ex- there's no excuse for the board like him. No, I think we could enough. come twelfth and he'd stay. Jesus. Okay, right. So let's move on to Manchester United. This is this is the only game where I was like, they were two one down at half time, and I was like, I, they're not losing this game. Roma are a bad team, despite what happened in that game. Roma aren't good, and United are very good. You know, first off, we were we weren't even bad. We we were good. We started really well, got an early goal. 
Um, I just I just want to add a, add another one to the Fernandez and Pogba don't show up in the big games counter uh, because it was a European semi final and boy oh boy did they show up they were both unplayable I thought again Pogba was the best player on the pitch which I've said a few times in the past few weeks but first half they had two chances from two mistakes and they scored them both but anyone who was watching the game knew United was a better team and there was just a bit of it where. And it was similar to what happened at the end of the first half against Tottenham, where where we feel like things are going against us and maybe there's a bit of injustice. We lose our heads a little bit. That's not good enough. But as soon as we got in the dressing room, still only 2-1, I was like, okay, now let's score enough goals that we can make this easy for the next leg. I wasn't even thinking that like we were going to lose that leg. Mm. And and boy, oh boy, did we. Come out second half, we scored five goals. They didn't, didn't lay a glove on us second half. I, f- I feel really confident whenever we're moving the ball forward, those, those transitions... We're talking about the fact that Rashford can't play on the right. But now with this new role that we've got for Pogba on the left, Rashford's going out on the right. And he didn't score, but his movement was really the key to all, all of our attacks. Because they have to push both a centre-back and a full-back to cover his runs because he's, he's that scary. Which moves their whole defence along. Gives like acres of room for Fernandes and Pogba to just be doing their shit. And I haven't even talked about Cavani yet. Again, a proper striker. And someone told me, I think on here... Last week, the my guy, yeah, he's a striker, he's a finisher, he's not a creator. That is an insult. Two glorious, glorious passes I saw him pull off um, that that led to goals. Like assists. Was the left footed one the through ball to Bruno? Very, oh, I think he might have legs the defender. Oh, it's just naughty that. Like outside boot flicks, just keeping the whole the whole game ticking over. Like such a danger for them uh, to deal with the whole time and. With with that much attacking presence, with with all four of them, Rome were just out of their depth. They were just out of their depth every time. And then Greenwood comes on, and this is what I love about having a bit of depth in your squad because Greenwood comes on. And you're like, oh Jesus, this guy scored like five goals in his past five games. He's probably going to bag as well. Point to prove he wanted to start that night. What does he do? Comes on and scores. Lovely, beautiful, beautiful European night. Mm. I imagine it's a really enjoyable game to watch as a fan. Actually, to be fair, so there's yeah, some really high quality goals. Yeah, it's one of those where I've watched the highlights video sort of 20, 30 times now because it's <laughs> really great to see when your team's doing that. Yeah, really yeah. great to see. I will say a quick word on Roma. I thought they, were, they weren't good, but I thought they were very unlucky with their injuries. And I think that reserve goalkeeper, is it Morante? Yeah, three in, three in the first dread, half. Dreadful goalkeeper. Some of the stuff I was seeing. Ooh, 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 ooh. But they're not good yeah. enough. And they, ultimately, they're not good enough to go through and if we could swiftly move on to our predictions, I think Man United easily get to this final. Easily. You know, it's, it's, not even, it's not even that I think we're going to win the game. We might win the game. Not by much. We're not going to thrash him again. We don't need to. Um, we'll no. go through. We're not, we're not going to lose 4-0. I, th- I, think, I think you could flash him again. <laughs> in Rome this time. Ed, what are you saying? I, I, think, I, think, that I, I think they're going to like smash him again. Mm. I think it's going to be like a four or five one or something. No, it's just see, like, I, there's just a complete rift in quality there. Yeah, ultimately, I, I think he's going to rest players now. Yeah. I think I think it's that it's that done because obviously you're going to have the repeat against Liverpool to come up, and God knows when <laughs> play that probably like next midweek or something. And if you, if you yeah. don't have a prem game already, so yeah, don't even know when you're going to play that. And obviously then. Yeah, you'll also then have the the final, and Bruno probably needs a break. He was going to be rested on Sunday, wasn't he? So, I th- I, th- I think yeah. you're going to play second string, play Greenwood, play whoever. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you'll play second string and just get an easy one all or whatever. Like even I mean, their second string, it includes Greenwood, who will score. He will score. <laughs> he gets his start. I think he scores too. It, I think with this, it really just boils down to the fact that like. Roma, can you name me a player from any of the other three Europa League sides that would get into the Man United side? I don't really think I can. Even Arsenal. Jekko Jek- isn't that far off Cavani. I don't Co- think. I don't think there's no. that much. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh. Players, they're both good. I rate Jekko. Yeah. That's the thing. That's why. So do I. It's not so too I close. Rate well. I rate him as well, but Cavani, Cavani's diff- like streets away, streets ahead of Jekko at the moment. He really is. I think so. I don't, I don't see... Because movement-wise, Jekko knows where he's supposed to be in the box and that, but he's not... Even though Cavani slows down, movement-wise, where he appears, he, just, he doesn't quite have that. He doesn't link up play in the same way either, I think. Jekko doesn't 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 come ahead of Cavani. No way. No way. Mm. 
I can't, I can't think of another name, though. That's where the only reason I don't, I I don't think any Villarreal Arsenal players are getting in. I think Arsenal, people. you could make a case for party as your holding midfielder. Yeah, you could. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, while, I, while I think Aubameyang would absolutely feast in your team with the amount of chance he'd get created, I don't. he probably doesn't link up play the same as Cavani. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's probably out of... It's probably out of choice, I think. I would have a Bamiyang, but... That's yeah. about it, honestly. Those those two are really it. Actually, I don't know. Villarreal, what's, what's his name? Paul, Paul Torres, a centre-back. He's probably better than... Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Better than, Lind- better than Lindelof. But, I mean, it's not a massive amount in it. It's not like you're comparing him to Sergio Ramos or Virgil, is it? Yeah. No. We're picking hairs at this point. I think the point Ed's making is that if we were to make an 11 out of the four teams left in the Europa League, pretty much be United. Nine of them being United players. And mm. so we win the tournament. We should win the tournament. Okay. All right. And to be honest, as the last thing I'll say, um, seeing the United comeback pleased me a little bit. Because I would have never forgiven the institution of Manchester United if they let Ro- that Roma team beat them and then Arsenal would just win the Europa League. That would have been unacceptable. So thank God, is all I can say. Let's move on to the Premier League. I think we'll start with all the boring ones. Your, your Chelsea, Fulham, your Spurs, Sheffields, your Arsenal, Newcastles, and then we'll move into the into the good stuff. I think uh, we so all of our teams, our teams being Spurs, uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, we all played basically like relegation teams this week, didn't we? And all one, yeah, for once. Yeah, well, I think to be yeah. honest, Chelsea versus Fulham. Let's start off with that. I did actually watch that game, and I, I will say it. Was, it was- it was half decent. I've, you know, people have said to me about this podcast, the slander we put on Chelsea, especially, is is too much. And I, I somewhat agree, um, but I, I would say the slander we but put on Kai Havertz. <laughs> yeah, but the slander we put on Kai Havertz it is funny, but and I know it's Fulham, but he's starting to unfortunately look like a quite a good player now. I, it's funny because we only released the banter 11 episode the other day and listening back to it I still thought you guys were harsh when I was pleading my case for Havertz and you were like there is no way he has to be in it he's so funny (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean yes he does play football like Pat but he is actually good (laughs) (laughs) no we had to rush the episode out because he was actually starting to come a bit good so we're like okay get the fucking banter episode out quickly <laughs> Before you know, he scores too many goals. No, nah, he's he's just he's a weird player. I I think he will come good. Um, unlike Timmy Weiner, I think he will come good. But he's he's just odd because he's not enough of a prolific goal scorer to be a starting striker for Chelsea for the next decade. But he's not good enough on the ball. His link-up play, his passing isn't good enough to be a midfielder either when you compare him with the likes of Mason Mill. So he's he's in a sticky position. Like I think the only way we can really play him right now would be as a false nine. But if we're going to sign a, a striker in the summer, then he's kind of redundant. So I'm a bit bit stuck on on where I am with him. But he is, he's, he's starting to come good. He's starting to, to bag some goals. I mean, the second goal in particular was was really nice. He took mm. it nicely, played it off to Werner. Werner put put a nice first time ball in and finished it off nice and easy. So I'm I'm not complaining. He's just an odd player, really. Mm. I think. Uh, well, I thought he was signed for his link up play. I think I don't really understand him. Um, I so I'll tell you what I thought he was, and then you can tell me where I'm wrong. I thought he hmm. was someone who'd play inside right because he's left-footed, right? Yeah, I um, thought exactly the same initially. Kind of like a Ziyech, but more his sort of USP, if you like, was more his movement 
Um, and his link up player, Ziek was more like quality at his feet, if you know what I mean, like quality in, in the past. I thought exactly the same. And he, is he not that? I swear he could be that still. He he could be that, but his passing, and this is exactly what we clowned him for initially and why when he is having an off day, he looks so bad because he, he when he has an off day, he can't, he can't pass, he can't control the ball. Like he genuinely looks like a, the two like base football. Yeah, he looks <laughs> like a giraffe trying to play football. Like it just doesn't look right. But when he when he actually has turned up, you know, what's that like three, four games in the last the last month? He's actually been yeah, either inside right or false nine is is the way to go with him. But it's gonna be very much a case of playing to him if that is where we play him which we haven't obviously done yet. But I think going forward, that is what it will have to be. Because anywhere else, like Frank tried to play him at centre-mid with at Cam with, with Mount, and it didn't work. He looked he looked like a clown. He was wearing clown shoes. Like, Yeah, I feel like Tuchel is really getting the best out of him. And that's probably been his best thing he's done so far, is getting the best out of him. Uh, I think Pulisic, in that Real Madrid game, well, Pulisic is great. That goal was brilliant. Um, Werner I, I like, think, doesn't look that bad at the moment to be honest I don't think Werner I looks think, that bad I think he's just got more out of our whole team than, than Frank did to put it bluntly I mean Rudiger mm. looks much improved like ridiculously improved I've seen people putting him in the in their team in the seasons now because he's been that good since Tuchel's coming out I don't, right. agree, okay. I don't agree but he has been fantastic Christensen's looked unplayable I think he's had 12 clean sheets in 14 games since Tuchel's come in um, which is a ridiculous stat. Mount's been quite literally world class since Tuchel's come in. So, I mean, yeah, our whole our whole team has gone up leaps and bounds. Like, well, I think well, I've seen Chelsea's fixture list for the end of the season, and it's insane. It's rough. <laughs> um, it's ultimately, rough. Ultimately, I think, especially with Havertz as well, how he performs in the end of your season could actually define his Chelsea career. In terms of because if he Probably. if he carries on like he's going now and say he gets maybe you know five more goals five more assists maybe more whatever people will be like okay like you know he took some time to adapt he's young this and the other and you could build a team around him which is crazy to say considering the slant that we've been putting on his name crazy yeah, yeah. but, but I, it was I, only Fulham it was I only Fulham I said it was very very soon to be to be throwing him in banter levels etc. But you guys didn't want to hear it. <laughs> no, it was no because this, uh, that's the point of the banter eleven. Like he was only in there because of his price and how funny he is, not by virtue of how bad he is. Because like I don't think he's bad enough to get he's, into that team. Anyway, let's go on to Arsenal versus not Newcastle. Not bad at all is a stretch. <laughs> yeah, when when he's not bad, he's good. Which sounds ridiculous, but it's true. <laughs> I think when anyone's not bad, they're good. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Right, Arsenal, Newcastle. What happened? Don't know, didn't even watch the game. Watched some highlights. <laughs> um I mean, really I love your club right now, anyway. That yeah, that would I mean, apart from being otherwise unenged like otherwise engaged, I I didn't particularly want to watch it. I didn't like what I saw on Thursday and I didn't particularly feel the need to watch it because I still believe that our league season's over and we're not going to achieve anything in the league. But, um, you know, Were there Newcastle... any contentious decisions or just general referee silliness to talk about? Not really. It was a pretty... It, it, like, it's Arsenal v Newcastle. If we weren't, like, as terrible and unpredictable as we are at the moment, it's a game that you'd expect us to win 2-0, which is what we did. Mm. So... There's not really much to be said about that. Um, it, it was a game that sort of just came and went. When it was over, I was like, oh, Jesus, was that the whole game? And so that means it kind of <laughs> bored me too much. But it was just more that, like, everything happened just sort of as you would expect. Um, I thought Newcastle were really, really missing Joe Willock. Um, yeah. They, they missed a bit of a spark in their midfield. Um, and Willock obviously couldn't play because Arsenal was his parent club. I saw some Newcastle fans who clearly, like on Twitter, who clearly didn't understand that as like a concept in their contract. They thought it, uh, they were like arguing about it as if it was in the same sense as like not um, 
Not celebrating. Not celebrating against your former club. He was like, <laughs> no, he, huh? he, he literally is contractually obliged to not play this game. <laughs> how, how can they not understand that? It's not like they've never taken a lone player before either. That's literally been the case forever, ever. How forever. can they not get that? I don't know. But that was quite funny, Benny McCarron. <laughs> okay. I thought El Nelly's finish for his goal was weirdly impressive because uh, the ball was spinning, actually. It looked like a pretty routine half volley, but... And then uh, the other goal... I literally don't remember. Oh yeah, Mart- Martinelli puts it. It was like, very. Was it was actually goal. a very good goal. Yeah, <laughs> I thought Martinelli Mart- was really, really good. He's got a lot of energy. He's constantly trying to do something with the ball. Like he's he's firing a lot of crosses, and that one for Aubameyang's goal, I thought was really nice. Played it quite quickly. It's not exact. It's not exactly the the height that might, like you're begging for the ball to come at you at. But I think when yeah. you've got Aubameyang in the six yard box, you can do what you want. Yeah. I mean, one worry I have about Martinelli, and I'm, I'm hoping this is just his age, because I am rooting for the Brer and I hope that he comes through and redevelops. But what is he, 19? Yeah, right. I, I think I, nine, I think 19. I'll look it up while you're talking. My worry is that I see very, very, very little difference between what he can do on the ball uh, to um, Daniel James, unfortunately. Um <laughs> Um, oh, that's, 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 ne- that's never a good sight. <laughs> that feels that feels rude. Uh, no, 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 it's not. It's I, not. I see it. I think he's quite overhyped. Unfortunately, Arsenal's yeah, just 19, been missing a spark way. or something. And, and Dan James will give yeah. that to you. Dan James will whip a ball in. Dan James will, will, will finish one in however many chances he gets. But I'm hoping the rest. I of think that's where he changes because Gabriel is uh, Martinelli is actually a good finisher. Like when Abamyang was injured the other season, he played like ten games. He had, I think he, I think it was ten goal contributions in ten, which was like a lot more goals than assists. But I think the the, the Dan James comparison, I don't know, it's a bit harsh. Um, I think he's a bit I'm more dynamic. I'm just saying that his game. I, I want his game to to get more to it. Yeah, I always think, I think he's a fair. little bit. But I think that'll come with playing time. It yeah. sounds weird. Is the last thing I'll say about Arsenal. But like, I think Martinelli, I think the reason why people really like him, not because he's, he's a very good player, exciting player, but also like the nature of his signing was really weird. Like they signed him from like some like godforsaken place in Brazil. Like the team no Absolutely. one's ever heard of. He, he, was in the, he was in the second division of Brazil when we signed him. That's crazy. Well, but well, I, think, crazy I, I think he was... Ha- he was having like a, a like a mad season in their um, like domestic cup competition. Oh, and really? I think that's where 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 he got scouted from. He would have been like seventeen then, though, right? Or yeah, he was having a mad seat. Oh, I think the club was it Ituano or something. He was I've just never, having a mad. Heard of that. Yeah, exactly. But he was having a mad season in the cup. Okay, right. Moving on. Routine victory for Arsenal, um, and a routine victory for Tottenham as well. Sheffield United uh, at home. There is, you know, no in no way should we ever not win this game convincingly. We won it convincingly. Um, Gareth Bale hat trick. He's still very good. Obviously, um, warming up for the Euros now. See, the only real takeaways from it was Gareth Bale played really well. Obviously, good player, and um, a disgraceful VAR decision, which is really highlights just how poor refereeing is in this country right now. And if you didn't see oh, it, I'd watch it. It's, it's not. I mean. It's not gory, is it? But like John Fleck, the Sheffield United centre midfielder, just stepped steps on uh, on Spurs player Giovanni Lascelles' head. Um, doesn't matter if there's intent or what, I don't care. Just like not stomps would be a bit harsh, but steps is not quite the right word for it either. Treads. I I'd thought say. he. I thought he looked before he stepped. To be fair, that's what um, I mean. He, he knew what he was doing. He was looking straight at. Was it? Was it Lascelles? Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, for me, he trod he on it. Like he, he knew what he was doing. He yeah. knew what he was doing. And for that to not get called up on, and you, the the main reference was the Balbuena thing last week. It's just like, what is the point? Like, what is the point? You can't compare them. No, but we can compare them in the sense of just how shit officiating is in this country. Um, whether you believe whatever you believe the Balbuena one, you 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 have to admit it is quite harsh. Yeah. And then something like a guy's get face getting stomped on because that's what it was, unpunished. And they checked it. It wasn't like they didn't see it. They checked it and they said no, that's fine. 
and you've just played the game. It's a thing that the pundits have spoken about for a while, and I really agree with it. With that that Balbuena one last week, I would I would liken it to the goal that got chalked off between Man United and Tottenham. In that, in that, there are things that just sort of happen within the game, and when you slow them down and analyse them, they look so different. But the feel of the game, everyone who's playing knows what's happened there. And treats it a different way. But the referees have become so attached, so dis, so detached even, with and having so many slowed down little shots that it completely separates the event from what happened. Whereas in this case, in this case, with with the treading on the Celso's head, which is what I definitely land on it being called. Everyone knew at the time, oh, that was kind of a bit ropey. Okay, that, that didn't look good. We'll have a look at the VAR, which is what it's there for. We'll have a look. Oh, it still doesn't. It still doesn't look good. It's bad, actually. If anything made it look worse, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just don't understand what can be going through your head when you're like, I think, I think that's probably fine, right? We can do that in football. It's yeah. Ridiculous. Seeing it and getting it wrong is just, just insanity. Mm. Well, but to be honest, like this is the thing. Like it, that was really probably one of the most interesting things to come out of that game. If that, if the game had there changed from that point on, we hadn't won the game. And of course, it would be like Fleck to score, obviously. Um, I think there'd be some really seri- serious conversations as regards to what is happening in, in the game. Because I think we were like 2 up by that point. It really doesn't matter. But I just wanted to bring it up because I think it just shows how shit it can be. How utterly dreadful it can be sometimes. Mm. But yeah. let's move on. Well, let's forget all this. The, what were the so, bail goals like? I haven't seen them. They were great. All good quality. He just finished them. You, you remember Bale 2013? Was it 2012-13 or 13-14? His last season at 12-13. And then when you watch him for Wales and in his first season at Real, when he takes a chance and he just plants it like top corner, such deliberate finishes. like, And because finishing isn't what you'd say his main attribute is, I'm saying you'd slow these finishes down and teach them to kids because he takes a breath and just strokes it exactly where he wants it to go, into a corner every time, finds the corner with pace. Um, and for all three of them, they were really convincing. And then the Son finish as well. It's just pure quality, like really good goals, actually. Mm-hmm. Nice goals to watch. Yeah, no, I mean, I thought... The thing is with Gareth Bale, like he, he's an utterly clinical finisher, um, which is weird to say. And to be honest, moving on to what his loan deal, I think Spurs probably should just exercise the option for another year on it, based on the fact that you know, selfishly speaking, not really selfishly speaking, but as a, as a guy that goes to the games, like I want to see Gareth Bale in a Spurs shirt in, in the, live in the flesh, you know? And I think you actually look at his season, people saying he was a flop this and the other. For paying half his wages, the man's, or he scored more home goals this year than Liverpool, for example. I don't know it's not saying much, but like for a flop, I don't think he's uh, performed that badly at all, to be honest. No, he's had a handful of good games. But the, yeah, the only the, really the only thing I'd say really that brings him down in my estimation in terms of his performance this season has been he's not really done it in the big games. He's done it against the sort of the dross, yeah. if 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 you will. But he's still done it. So at the end of the day, I think get him in. I don't give a shit about the money. I don't care about any of that. Um, it's not my money. I like to see Gareth Bale play football. He's a great player. We won't sign a player better than him for next season in that position. So why not? I I I am at this point going abroad, and I mean to like LA China? Galaxy, like like, like oh, I, go, I go to America, I go to China, I go somewhere like that. Not China because it's dying a death, but you yeah. know what I mean. Only because having seen him perform against the Minnows, rattle these goals in, roll back the years, yeah. it shows me that even though part of it is application, Wales Golf Madrid, part of it is being treated like 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 crap at Madrid. Much of what's changed about Gareth Bale is that he can't... I don't think he can really handle it against the, the best defenders. I don't think he can. I don't think he can... I, I actually think if if he doesn't, from, from what I've seen and what he said, he wants to go back to Real for one more year until his contract runs out. But I actually think a really good shout for him would probably be Paris. Because piss poor all the Bundesliga, piss poor defending. And, and he... he Get a shed load of money and live in a beautiful city. Yeah, but they don't need him right now. I'm actually with you on the Paris thing. I'm with you on the Paris thing. I think Paris would be an unreal shout for Bale. 
he's an upgrade on obviously Moise Keane or Ricardi or Pablo Sarabia or whoever their backup is. Yeah, those, Di Maria, isn't it? but those are their front. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's looking at replacing Di Maria. But the, but the this conversation age. we were having about Paris not having the depth of a city or something. If I'm Paris, yeah. Bellamy was great for this. Especially, Bale, especially, if, especially if one of Neymar and Mbappe going like yeah, they're I not going to get that. a better. I mean, it would be like an FFP masterclass. They pulled that shit off. <laughs> yeah, but if they're but, selling Neymar and Mbappe, then they have all the money in the world. Like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, the only thing I would say against that is I don't think Gareth Bale. I don't even blame him for this. I think. He's, I don't think he's the most ambitious footballer in the entire world. And I think, well, he's won everything that is to win. I think he'd rather, I don't know, speaking, speaking as a Spurs fan, I think he'd probably rather do it in London. In Premier League, he's still playing at the highest level. And, you know, I don't think any other teams that are better than Tottenham want him. So why not just stay here at his base? Paris Saint-Germain, like, I just think it's too much. It's too much at this point for him, you know? He's done that. Sure. sure. He's done that. Sure. Okay. Then let's conclude this discussion with the, about the protest because obviously we, we'd have uh, covered the Manchester United Liverpool game, the absolute highlight of that week, weekend of football, and obviously didn't go ahead. Uh, Temi, can you briefly run us through what exactly happened and why this game didn't so, go ahead? So the game didn't go ahead because there were protests at Old Trafford before before it was scheduled to start, um, and the protests were regarding uh, the Glazers who are our owners, and you'd have. Lots of people have, have said to me recently, the Super League's not happening anymore. Why are we still getting these protests? And what I was saying to Ed at the start of this call is that the Super League is would not be the reason. It's not the cause of these protests. It's the straw that broke the camel's back. It's, we've had these problems with the Glazers since they took over. 16 years now, they took over in 2005. And um, the problems are, to put them simply, that even though United have a lot of money People make the mistake in thinking that that must just be from owner investment. And it is basically not at all from owner investment. What they're doing is actually taking money from a club that makes so much in its yearly revenue just from purely being a massive club. Um, the Glazers don't don't chuck in that sort of money. And that's why I think it's a separate issue to what you'd see at a Chelsea, a City, a Tottenham, like maybe... Um, even a Liverpool with Fenway, where the, the Super League people hated that. Okay, it's solved, so probably not rioting, rioting anymore. Fenway don't don't operate as Liverpool fans would like them to, but there is some sort of investment, uh, a vision for the club. Whereas the Glazers are just there to take the money, the, the lots of money that, that is produced by United being a massive club without the willingness of investing it into improving the club. And there is no accountability there. Um, Joel Glazer put out uh, a statement two weeks ago. It was the first time people had heard from him in so long. They're, they're faceless. I've been a United mm. fan all my life. Last week was the first time I'd seen what Joel Glazer looked like. like I was going to say, I've, I've never seen a picture of him until last week. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a, the issue is with these ma- these people who are so detached from the club, running the club and all its engagements to the point where they... Where our club was was complicit, almost in charge of of trying to ruin the game forever with the Super League. And that's where United fans have just been like, no, our club is better than this. We deserve more than this. So the way it was different to the other protests is that our fans managed to get into the ground. don't know what security was saying, but hundreds and hundreds of people were on the pitch, thousands maybe. And you can see the pictures online if you want. And so they they just thought they had disrupted the the pre match too much because the teams couldn't even get out of their hotels because there were protests ha- happening there at, at the hotel football. Um, <laughs> yeah, would, so, have, would have broken the COVID bubbles, wouldn't it? So it wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't have been allowed to have been played either way. So um, so the game the game couldn't go ahead, which <laughs> selfishly I was disappointed about. As Ed said, it was the highlight of the footballing weekend, um, and I did want to see the game uh, happen. I was interested to see what happened, but. You know, I stand with the United fans and what they did. Um, you know, if I lived in Manchester, I'd have probably been there. Um, I have I have no issue with what they did. They're not thugs. They're not hooligans. They're just people who care very much about something that they feel feel like is being stolen from them, which I totally understand. Mm. Mm. Do you think it... 
the recent lack of success with United, do you think a lot of fans attribute that to Glazers of lack of investment or just mismanagement? Not at all. And I think Sunes, if anyone saw what Sunes had to say on Sky Sports, oh my God, I thought Sunes was so, so embarrassing. Because what he said was, United fans are frustrated that they're not winning leagues anymore and they're looking for someone to blame. And it's not the Glazers' fault, but they want to blame the Glazers. And I think Sunes has completely missed the issue. I don't care. Like, of course, I care where we where we come. Yes, I do. But that is not that is not the reason that these things happen. Because if if Abramovich was our owner at the moment, we we wouldn't have been protesting at the weekend, um, no matter where we had been coming. No, I think that's a good a good comparison actually, because yeah. Chelsea is the other club that's had big protests, and that was. Well, Arsenal's had big protests as well, to be fair. Oh, I didn't, I didn't yeah. know that. Um, but yeah, ours were purely over the Super League. The Super League, We, yeah. The majority of us do are really fond of Roman Abramovich. As an owner, he's he's a football nut and he loves Chelsea. And that's, that's what you want in an owner. All right, he's still a billionaire and still very morally corrupt, but... He loves foot. He loves his football, and he loves Chelsea, and that's what you. And he's there, there every every game when he can be, and that's what you want. Our protests were not to Roman himself; they were about the Super League. Uniteds are very fundamentally different. I think the yeah. major takeaway I got from it was, and I've seen this this uh, said a bit before as well. It's fans asking for change previously is switched now to fans actually actively demanding change, demanding it, demanding and. Um, it. The United and the and to be fair, the Arsenal Cronkite protests as well. Are I think if if the Arsenal protests had just happened on a match day, I don't know if it did. I don't think it did. Um, that would have disturbed. I think it did, but they didn't get in or anything. I think Arsenal and Manchester United, and I also I'll come on to it a little bit. And Spurs do have a problem where they perceive their owners uh, or the sort of chairing authority of their club, if you like, aren't managing. The, club, the football club in the way that the fans believe the football club should be managed. For example, Cronkay, Cronkay and Glazer, it's more of a uh, the lack of investment and the sort of the faceless anonymity of people that don't really care about football. And, 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 the, and the removal of money from the club as opposed to putting it in because the Cronkies are, I don't think they're as like bad for it as the Glazers, but they they just don't invest in the club and use all their money to invest in their... Um, mm. Like American yeah. franchises, think, like, they've got like five. From what I've seen, one of the big differences is well, the only difference is that I think United are like the only club in the world, from what I saw today, that actually pay dividends out to their shareholders, which is so bizarre. Like, I've never heard of that. And in the last like 10 years, I think it was eight years, 10 years. They've paid out like 150 or some million in dividends to their shareholders, which is nuts. That's so much money. Like even even Arsenal aren't, aren't doing that. They're they're owners of Arsenal as well. So, mm. well, and moving it's on. It's such a shame because this podcast is supposed to be loads of fun, and it is really fun. And talking about finance and football is the most boring thing in the world. Unfortunately, the recent events. Have, for, have have made finance and football the, the hot topic, the, the, the main thing that we have to talk about. And and I want to re- reiterate that my view, the Man United that I support, I support Man United, have done my whole life. I've never, I never really have a second thought for the Glazers, um, except like to be like, oh yeah, fuck the Glazers, whatever, the Glazers out, and then carry on with my my love for my club, which is it's the players, it's the manager, it's the history, it's the beauty, and these these people have absolutely nothing to do with any of that and that is what is so upsetting because they govern how far we can go and and our our footballing decisions the super league being the the main one of all of these things however they actually they don't support they're not with me in how much they actually love the club and want it to do well and mm, this is a own a business and not intend for it to do well in the sense of of what, what its primary function is, which is good football winning trophies, but just to make money because it is a business, then that is the sort of vote that's the sort of owner I can't have in my club. Mm. Ultimately I think it's it's an attachment thing. It's the the fact that the custodians of your club, and that that's all they are as custodians, don't care at all about the very thing that they are protecting in terms of the I, you know the sport. I think Temi summed it up 
perfectly there at the end where he was saying about they don't care about the football, the trophies, etc. Because you guys asked me previously, do I want Roman out? And I said no. And I think that that is the perfect way to articulate it. No, I don't, because I know that he cares about the trophies. Like, he was borderline in tears when he won the Champions League for the first time. I know he's always wanted to play a good football. He's wanted Guardiola at the football club for, for 20 years. Just hasn't got it to, to happen, which is a shame. But, you know, he's still had, we've still had Jose. We've still had other incredible managers. Like, he's always had a vision for the football club. He knows what he wants and he wants success. The others don't give a crap and that's the difference. That's why I won't mm. want him out because I know he doesn't care about the money. He cares about Chelsea. Yeah. If I could, if I could I include... The, Abu, Abu Dhabi, the Abu Dhabi investment group for Man City, they, like people think, you know, from, I think it's probably maybe a racist perception that like, oh, they must be super detached. They've come in... Um, from the Middle East, and they've just sort of bought a football club for billions. They probably don't don't care. And no, don't, they are owners who are way, way more involved than the Glazers. Way more involved. They go to games when they can. Obviously, COVID has changed things. But and these are not people I'm trying to praise. These are scumbag billionaires. But but in terms of just purely within football, there is a massive difference in terms of how much they actually care for the for the well being of the club. Yeah. So yeah, in the example, I think the example of Manchester United. Uh, Arsenal and Spurs. I think it was this sort of mismanagement and detachment from the fans. The Super League was was the last straw, effectively. And there will be a Spurs protest on March, I think it's May the 15th, because that's I think fans are allowed into stadiums back then when we play Aston Villa. And that's when the Enoch out protest will be. Uh, in Tottenham, and I think with Tottenham, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a unique situation within these six because I think we are the smallest and poorest club. But it's more so uh, again, it's the lack of investment. People perceive Daniel Levy to be someone that isn't primarily concerned with the success of the football club as a team, more of the football club as an institution, the stadium, for example. You know, things we're all very grateful for the stadium. There's been certain occasions in recent history, for example, the season where we came second. Um, we didn't invest at all in the, in the transfer window after that. And, you know, in Spurs' modern history, our most successful team, we were the only team to not invest in a window in, I think, modern football history, right? Which is, yeah. uh, like which is, is crazy, right? And I think for a lot of people... That was, you know, I think for most Spurs fans, that was an insane thing. But we were sort of blinded by the fact that, look, it's Pochettino. This guy's working miracles. Why can't he even work a bigger miracle? And now we're starting to realise with this, the failure of Jose, um, the lack of preparation in hiring a new manager. You know, we, we sacked Pochettino. Jose was in the next day, basically. We got no clue who we're getting in now. Everyone's rejecting us. We could end up with bloody God knows who by the end of the season. And it's just this sort of thing. We know it can be done better. We look at the German clubs. We know it's possible. And now really it's time for it to for it to change. But yeah, hopefully we can actually talk about some football in the next couple episodes. Hopefully. And not about, about, you know, investors knowing there's money and, and all this bullshit. But anyway, guys, I think we've got, we've got a cool time on it here. Quite an enlightening discussion today, I thought. Um, delving into the, the ins and outs of football ownership and all that but ultimately it's like the only thing people are talking about the last like couple of weeks really it, it is the hot top and if it leads to change long may it continue but until yes. then until next time Hamilton we'll see you in the next one yeah bye Tell me in the bottom left until next time bye and finally Ed in the top left I'll see you in the next episode Goodbye. Very nice. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please. Oh, I forgot what it is. Follow it on Spotify. Rate it on Apple Podcasts. Share it with your friends. Follow the Instagram. Follow the Twitter. Follow everything. And we'll see you in the next one. Peace. That's staying in. That's staying in. Oh, I forgot what it is.